Attention, please be advised. The following episode contains spoilers. Don't say we didn't warn you. For me, I, I'm exact opposite. So, Cora, hold, let me hold your hand. I don't want to. Let me hold your hand. So I can let go of it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve. Yes, you. Yeah. All of and you. You all, all you deserve it. You all deserve it. Yeah, Even well, those in the upside down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Poor Barb. Oh. Oh. R.I.P. Barb. Hashtag R.I.P. Barb. Shout out to Barb. Shout out to Barb. <laughs> Team Barb. Indeed. Uh, as you may have guessed, uh, uh, this week we're going to be talking about Stranger Things. Uh, we just all finished watching season two. Yeah, we're sitting at the hype station, hype watching station. the hype train. Yeah, yep. uh, go, go west. way. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we missed it. But yeah. you know, we're gonna we're gonna call our Uber and we're gonna catch up to that train. So. <laughs> yeah, Uber helicopter. Uber helicopter. <laughs> Shout out to Uber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. Uh, we're gonna move on around the horn. Yeah. So I'm Josh. Just plain Josh. Nothing witty. Nothing funny. <laughs> just fucking Josh. Just fucking Josh. Got it. Yeah. Fucking Josh. I like fucking Josh. And uh, across from me. Oh. Every time. We're going to skip a little time. That's okay. What's up? My name is Corey Corthaniel, the brave to others. Uh, adventurer. Um, usually D&D name. Usually it? wizard, but I'll play paladin. I'll roll paladin. I'm not scared. Uh, that's me. Oh, now it's me? Yeah, oh, now, now it's you. Now it's you, Tom. Okay, we can go to me. Uh, this is Tom. So what are we talking about okay. today? <laughs> <laughs> this is Tom. Uh... I don't. I forget. I was like a half demon, uh, halfling in my D and D character that I created. And uh, oh, see, I haven't actually created. A I D&D see. I created character. one, and I have I, the app that goes with it. But today, I am the film snob, uh, TV dude, critic. I don't know. Guru. Uh, uh, yeah. Not really. I don't have a degree in that. <laughs> uh, Guru comic Tom. nerd. Yeah, and uh, things that uh, someone that just loves all supernatural things. That's uh, fair. And then across from me, I, I rolled a really cool uh, rogue. Mm. But I ended up being the DM for our group. <laughs> God dang it. Uh, and I'm Ali. I'll be your fourth uh, member of the conversation. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to dive right in. <laughs> I like that. I'll be your uh, fourth member of the conversation. Just, just the guy sitting here. We're going to talk about it. Um, should we start with, like, maybe quickly uh, season one, what, what our thoughts were? Yeah, let's let's dive in. Well, yeah, we'll be talking about season one and two. So if you haven't seen season two yet... Uh, Pause this. Yeah. Um, turn <laughs> Go on Netflix. Binge it. Binge yes. it for nine hours, and then come back trial. and uh, listen to this. Um, yeah, I think it's smart to start with with season one. Um, I know my wife and I were hooked almost instantly the first day it came out. I think we watched like the first four episodes and couldn't stop, and had yeah. to like look at each other and be like, "We have to go to bed." Can Can we do like a little bit of like a rewind? Yeah. Just because um, I remember when like Stranger Things the trailer came out, and this oh, was the yeah. time when, like. House of Cards season two mm-hmm. and like maybe Marvel's Daredevil barely came out. So Netflix was starting to come out with these original series and everyone's kind of like, I don't know what to see or think about it. And at so far House of Cards and like Daredevil was like, oh my God, these are amazing. Incredible. Netflix makes only amazing things. And then I don't know if you guys have seen it already, but like if you check out like the Netflix cues and stuff, like that, actually just check out like kids and animation. So Netflix actually has some pretty shitty like, uh, content out there like but original then, content yeah like original content which is like kind of like interesting to see like you know they're just like any other production company but the cool thing is that they do they don't have to like abide by the same like 
ratings and everything like that. Rules. Just, yeah, exactly. We don't need rules. Um, but we're one, going. We don't need rules. But the one thing that I did notice, like I remember when that, I remember exactly the moment when that trailer came out, and I was at my day job and I was on a computer and I was looking at the trailer and it was just like the opening credits and it was just super 80s. You know, had the red, you know, font coming in, the theme oh, yeah. plays yeah. and all that stuff. And I was like. This seems, seems super dope. That theme is very reminiscent to the thing. Yeah, and theme, I was just gonna say, like, it just felt like the thing, which you know, again, like, which keeps you, making a, an appearance and it's just show. my favorite. That's yeah. all, no big deal. <laughs> um, and then you know, you see the poster in it in, in the episodes of you know Stranger Things and everything like that. Welcome you can to tell, Thing on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could just tell it has such a huge influence over the Duffer Bros that mm, uh, made yeah. uh, the create of the show. But, yeah, I mean, it's like the eighties, like horror. Yeah, you know. The best time, you mean, for like sci-fi horror things, oh, the 80s? The Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think the cool thing that they get away with in Stranger Things is the 80s vibe is yes. because um, when you talk about the supernatural things in like the postmodern or post 9-11 world, like it's very easy to just throw, like you know, facts or, you know, like mythical babble into it where it's like, oh, you have to explain where everything came from, how it's a different dimension, what scientists created, like what's the science behind it, like tachyon like particles and stuff like that. It's like, all right, Jesus. Like in, in Can I just enjoy my yeah. entertainment? And seriously, it's just monsters. Just monsters just in another up. dimension. Yeah. Here you go. Boom boom. Well and it just it, it's so seamless the way they get they they do it. You know, it doesn't feel overly heavy handed mm-hmm. with the period pieceness of it. Kind of reminds me of um uh Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Sense. I don't know if you remember that. But yeah, I mean, it, they just get away with it, and everything just looks so good. They do such a good job with the production of. You watch oh, a couple yeah, episodes, and, and you're like, "Okay, I can." This is like I can I can hop on this train. Yeah, I mean the the parallel between what was going on and and D and D was pretty pretty brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a really good yeah. way to pull that together. Yeah, I think that's a really cool thing that it did was. One, for the casual audience, you have Nancy, Steve, and Jonathan who play out kind of some architect archetypal roles from like Breakfast Club. Yeah, like the love triangle. Mm-hmm. And then yep. you got the kids who are like kids from like E.T. But then you yeah. have them being nerdy kids where like all the actual real fans. Like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they talk about the thing and they have like, you know, every all the horror, cult horror movies and all that stuff and all the aliens and monsters and, you know, playing D&D and video games and arcades and all that stuff. Like that's what really kind of captured one part of the audience. But then there's also still that drama. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, the. So you might say it has mass appeal. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that word. Um, but you, got, you know, you have Hopper, you know, who uh, is like the burned out, disgruntled kind of like. Which there's a hashtag going around called Hotper, like H O T P E R, because oh. attractive. <laughs> David Harbor, baby. Um, you got Winona Ryder. Um, what's her character name? Again? Joyce. Joyce Jopper. Hashtag Jopper. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You shipping them? Uh, I mean, the thing. I, I, We'll get into it about yeah. season two. It's just like you could just tell. And, and, you know, I talk about this a lot. Like when you have film language written such like by the numbers, you could just tell what's going to happen with characters. And sure. it's just such lo- like it feels good because it feels like it's natural. But to me, I see it. It feels good because it's logical. That would be super awkward for. Oh, no, wait, never mind. I'm, I'm mixing up my parents. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Ali. I do that at least twice Thank a day. Thank you for being the fourth about. person in this conversation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's let's dive into into uh, season one. We'll start there. Um, f- any, first of all, I want to start with probably like favorite characters, and we'll dive into why after that. Okay. In season one specifically, well, we'll start with Ali over here. Who's your favorite character in season uh, one? In season one, my favorite character is probably uh dustin toothless uh, toothless toothless yeah. yeah 
I like uh, that. Love, yeah. <laughs> just that. It's just the confidence that he has, and 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 his enthusiasm you know, about everything. Yeah, it just it's great, and his attitude, and and his swearing, and, uh, <laughs> and his mother. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tom, what about you? Um, I don't know. I'm always kind of like the leader of the pack, the guy that kind of has to make the decisions that no one wants to make. Like I like the Leonardo. I like the like. Captain America, the Cyclops character is like, so it has to be my. So you're trying to say you're the leader of Nerd On? No, I'm not trying to say. I'm just saying <laughs> if there was, I'd like him. And so you liked, you liked Finn Wolfhard? Yeah, Finn Wolfhard, man. I mean, the, the thing is like. Dope name. But also, though. like, he's the one that kind of has to, like, lead them all and to try to find Will and everything like that. And, you know, obviously they all come together and they all have their own parts to play. And that's, I think, a great thing about ensembles. But, you know, he does that part. But, I mean, there's also parts of me that likes Hopper a lot, too. Okay. Because, again, I always kind of like the reluctant hero. So, yeah. like, he's kind of just pulled into it. You know, he's the one's like, none of this makes sense, blah, blah, blah. All I'm here to do is protect my town. And I ha- and then he has some dark trouble past, too. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, on this, like, vice life where, you know, he's smoking, drinking, and, you know, he's still doing his job. It's just kind of like he, you could tell he's burnt out of it. Yeah. But he yeah. still has this heavy weight to, like, take care of everybody around him. I That's take purpose. that. Jajwa? Um, ja- Wait, what were we going to say? I was like, but I also really like Jonathan. Jonathan? Okay. Because I was, like, the kid with the camera. Yeah, that's fair. And so, like, taking and, pictures of people while they change. Yeah, and I like I was yeah. very close to my family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, that's what I did. Tom said yes. Peeping Just Tom on the record. Just Peeping Tom. So everybody knows. Uh, Josh, what about you? Um, you know, as cliche as it is, I, I really love Eleven. Mm. Solid I just, choice. I uh, I like yeah. the I like the silent characters. Usually, like she's no, she's not completely silent, but she's just like taking in the world. Well, it's kind of like just, Mad Max, the yeah. the, new, the remake. Like he barely says anything, and yeah. yet you understand everything about him. Yeah, and I dig it. I I really just think, yeah, I just love her character. I think it's a lot of fun. And how cool she is. Yeah, she is just <laughs> badass. I went. She took it to eleven. Here's oh, a, oh shit! <laughs> uh, I actually. Little fun fact about Eleven. I went as her for Halloween last year mm-hmm. because I had accidentally shaved my head. <laughs> accidentally? I did. Yeah. So I had clippers and I had cut it real nice, like shorter on the sides, longer on top, going for some like peaky, peaky blinders, blinders look. And I noticed I missed a spot and I picked up my clippers when I got out of the shower and did that and realized I took the gauge off. So I shaved my head uh, the opposite of whatever 211 is. And um, <laughs> I went as Eleven, found a pink dress and went as Eleven for Halloween. And then uh, soon after that, he got engaged. I did. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, the dress. That's when Dana knew. Yeah, I was really pissed too because I shaved this is my, Corey shaved on the my head before I, I engaged. <laughs> uh, my life? favorite character in season one was Mr. Clark. Mm. Uh, AV teacher, right? The best character in the whole oh, show. Yes. Do you guys realize nothing would have been done without him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, did you guys ever have like a teacher like that? Because you just reminded me of a teacher I had. Uh, yeah, I did. I had uh, not science though. Uh, my acting teacher, David Snyko, shout out to David Snyko, mm-hmm. uh, was like that. Yeah, I had a teacher like that. Uh, he was my. A seventh grade science teacher whose name was Mr. Lestowski and he was just very eccentric very like yeah man come come to, like you don't want to have lunch with all the cool kids have lunch in my room where we play chess and well, I was like, like God. the thing I liked about it is first of all he's watching The Thing in yeah. season one so like as soon as I saw that it solidified my choice but I love that he has a girl over yeah, <laughs> and and he has a girl over, and he takes the time to the still help them build help a uh, sensory deprivation mm-hmm. tank. Like <laughs> he's the coolest fucking guy in the whole show. And the kids are like talking about like, what about this like parallel plane? And he gets really excited. Yeah. And he's like, "Give me a plate," and he like draws on it and, and shows, shows him about him how, the upside yeah. down and like. So he just wants to get his freak on. I was like, <laughs> I want to be like that when I'm older. <laughs> like I want to be the guy who's you want to like, play with children. 
telling my kids, yeah, I want to play with kids. No, I want to be able to like be that nerdy guy with my my kids someday who they ask me something and I'm like, yo, let me tell you about paladins real quick. Like that's what I want to be like. I think that's yeah. a really cool thing that you find with a character like that is you really get drawn to the passion that they have. So, I mean, like every time they are passionate about like D&D or like a video game or like a kid with a camera or something like that, yeah. or a teacher, you know, like you really start like, latching onto them because it's something that they have that no one else has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you really start like, oh, I swear to God, they better not kill this character. I was, oh, dude, I was, the whole first season, I was like, don't you fucking dare kill Mr. Clark. Um, There's still time. Oh, yeah. Shush. Oh, <laughs> My other favorite. Did you hear uh, that Jordan R. Martin's uh, is going to be Yeah, uh, funny, funny, funny. Uh, my other favorite uh, was Lucas. I, I fucking love Lucas. Uh, I really like, because I feel like I would be the same way. Like, he's not all gung-ho about, like, let's just trust this chick who can use her mind to move shit. He's like, let's hold on, slow the fuck down. Let's think <laughs> about this for a minute. There's demons, a telekinetic chick that just showed up, and we're just going to embrace all of it. Let's think about it and for see, a second. So that's why I like, I like Mike, where I'm kind of like, yo, guys, we got to keep it together. But damn, I really like this girl, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Damn, I like this girl, though. So I'll be the guy that's like, Tom! Get your head out of your ass and think about this for a second. <laughs> out of one out of ten, she's eleven though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that was it. Those are my two. I like that. I think I'm glad we all have different favorite different characters. But I, you know, really like those are our top. But I think I, I pretty much like almost every character. Oh yeah, easily, it's, easily. That's I have a, a really cool thing. favorite character for season two. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we can go around the room. Uh, well, favorite moments of season two? one. Yeah. Um, who wants to start that off? Favorite moments of season one? Because my favorite moment was Mr. Clark interrupting his date and watching The Thing. His date was pretty smoking, too, if I remember correctly. And he's watching The Thing. Yeah. So then he leaves it. How much cooler could you get? Right. And he leaves it and helps kids, like, defeat evil and save the world. Like, that's probably my favorite low, under the radar moment of of season one. All right. For sure. I don't know. it's going to take me a while. To yeah, it's like we posed the question, but do we for, even know? season one, it's been a while. Am I the only one who came prepared tonight? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I mean, of course, there's that cliche moment when the fucking bus flies over. Yeah. That was pretty badass because it was like, oh, sure. I'm mm. always a fan of characters in TV shows, movies, or whatever that know that they have powers, but they don't know the extent of the their upper, powers. Their upper limit. Yeah. And when that happened, it was just kind of like, I think Eleven knew that she was a badass, but in that moment, it was just like, I'm going to use my badassery to do this, and that was cool. I, I really liked, I really like any scene with the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it brings me back to, like, Sandlot or um, Stand By Me, that 80s oh, kids yeah. vibe where they're, you know, they're just all, like, Little just, rascals? Um, <laughs> the young kid. The what young about kid the scene the... where she steals the egos for the first time? Yeah, that's... in the in the grocery store and just wrecks it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I loved that as well. I have to admit. Yeah, I love I love that she, uh, that scene at the very end that you know she's oh there yeah because she's still when she sacrifices herself mm. mm-hmm. forever and, and she's dead forever. Yeah. So I yeah. think the reason Forever. Why I'm, I'm having a trouble finding like my favorite part of the series is the, of the season one because it kind of. Sh- it kind of goes into a qualm I have. Um, I think my favorite part is when she kind of does discover her upper limit in, in the very end of season one yeah. where she has to fight the Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, then she banishes it and everything goes away. And, you know, you think everyone, you know, both of them died. But just kind of like that, it felt like the cinematic release that you get kind of when tension builds and kind of like you're working towards your climax of the, you know, piece of art that you're working on or that you're, you're viewing. So, I mean, I think that would probably be my favorite because it's just kind of like, all right, I'm a like, I, to me, by like 
the middle of the season, I was kind of like, they're going to have to fight. They're going to have to fight. <laughs> they're going to have to fight. Because there's a lot of points where I was kind of like, okay, cool. This is a lot of exposition. Because, again, you know, they they give you the characters. They have some fun with them. They introduce a new character. Have some more fun with that. Introduce a plot point. Have some more exposition. Matthew Modine was pretty great. I thought he was like yeah. a really good villain in there. Oh, yeah. He was fantastic. Papa? Was, yeah. And so weird to see him from, like, Dark Knight Rises to see him do this. <laughs> and I was just like, god damn, he's just an asshole everywhere, isn't he? All the time. Or in uh, Six Feet Under. Oh yeah, yeah. Was he right? In, uh, was he in? Was he in Six Feet Under? Weed. Am I totally weeds, right? terrible weeds. person? Yeah, you're a terrible person. Possibly, <laughs> I am. Maybe we just like you, Matthew Modine. Shout out to Matthew Modine. Shout out to Matthew. But yeah, let's uh, keep. I want to get into like stuff we liked in Qualms and stuff like that. But I want to touch base on favorite characters for season two. Season first. two, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I can I can start. So season two takes place a year after the events of season one, or mm-hmm. right before one year, right? right before, oh yeah, right before one year. Yeah, correct. right before three hundred and twenty-five days or fifty-two days, whatever. Um, I'm a terrible person. I was thinking of Ed Begley Jr. You are um, Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, he'll be in. I season just watched three. Best of Show the other night. He's great. <laughs> nice. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, so it takes you just under a year. No one knows where Eleven is as far as the main crew of kids go. Uh, Mike is secretly reaching out to her every single day, notebook style. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm still not over. Um, And then we find out uh, in the first episode that that Hopper has had her this whole time. and Mm -hmm. um, Which really opens up a cool dynamic between the two. I loved that dynamic. Uh, We'll get get into that. We'll get into it. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I am fucking furious. Hi, fucking Mr. furious. My name's Tom. Mr. Clark doesn't do shit in season two. No, not even. They, he almost he made like gets a tiny in. little bit of a thing, and not even really. He, they almost show him dart, and then they're like, "Never mind, we gotta go." And he's like, "All right." And I was like, "Fucking show him. He'll help you." I yeah. promise. You know why? Because <laughs> Bob Newby. Because Bob Newby. Because yeah. Bob Newby superhero. Um, yeah. But I, uh, Lucas, season two. Lucas is Lucas is my favorite season who's, two. Who's Lucas again? Lucas, one of the main kids. Sorry, like all the kids, like kind of like go blend in for me. He's in love with Mad Max. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. He gets to dance at the end. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, loved it. I loved that whole storyline. For me, uh, it started out as Max uh, because I was just fascinated with the character, Mm -hmm. and then Billy towards the end. (laughs) 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 Uh, It was actually Steve Harrington. Yeah, cool. He ended up becoming my favorite character. I felt he had he had really good development. Yeah, I'm glad they did that because they caught on pretty quick. I think that he was a fan favorite, and yeah. especially all that stuff he did with uh, uh, Ben Schwartz, mm-hmm. John Ralphio, oh, how they're yeah, both yeah. from uh, Indiana, and they're apparently there's like a theory that Steve is John Ralphio's dad, I think, or granddad or something like that. Oh, so, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just knowing from like season one, the Duffer Brothers are talking about how. Um, they realized they were starting to really like the character Steve, and they didn't want him to have no zero like redeemable qualities. And that's why at the end, when he fights the Demogorgon when he can't see it, they you know it kind of brings Steve as like, oh, we should like him. And at the very end, it feels like it's okay that Nancy you know slept with him, so she's not a huge like you know high yeah. school doesn't play that high school trope of like, oh, she's like the dumb girl that becomes like enthralled with like the douchebag dude but now like you've stripped him from all because he was like, pretty douchey yeah you stripped him from his friends so now he like oh I actually am a good person I am gonna go back and fight and help them out well I yeah. feel like Steve you guys have all seen Nightmare on Elm Street 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. Steve kind of parallels the douchey guy in the beginning of the movie of yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's where that was going because I know this is like full of like 80s nostalgia and stuff like that. So in season one, uh-huh. I was like, oh, he's going to get it. He's going to get it for sure. But when they flipped it around, I was so happy they did. Yeah, I think it was really cool. Like um, I'm going to quote some of the things from if you have watched all Stranger Things 2, you probably have watched now Beyond Stranger Things. And the Duffer Bros like you find out like the creative process and when they wrote the characters, they're kind of almost in free fall. A lot of the times they're kind of like, okay, cool. We want to do this with this character. Who else are they going to work with now? Like who? And so that shows pretty much one of the most triumphant moments is that you get Dustin and Steve working together. Yeah. And mm. a lot of people really respond to that. Like, so funny. In a good way. And it's so. a great pairing. Yeah. Um, season two favorite characters, Josh. Um, it's kind of a tie-ish. Um, I really liked Bob. I was very yeah. sad to see him go. Yeah. Um, I just loved his like well, yeah, I know how to do that. Like, do you know basic? Yeah, I'll teach you French and German while we're at it. Yeah. Uh, um, I read an interview from the Duffer Brothers that said they were originally going to kill him off in season or episode three or four, but they just loved Sean Astin, Sean Astin and the yeah. character of Bob that they kept pushing it and pushing because it. Because when they, they cast him, they saw, what's his face in Lord of the Rings? His character's name? Sam, Sam, Sam Wise. Wise. Yeah, they just saw him. They're like, we yeah. need, we need Sam, Sam Wise, Wise and Goonies, which Goonies was a huge influence on the whole show. Yeah. Um, so they kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it until that point. And I forget which one of the brothers was talking, but he was like, it physically hurt me to write that scene. He goes, and when we sent the scripts out, I got the meanest text from Winona Ryder <laughs> for like three days. And he goes, that's when I knew it was the right time to do it. Is when you get that reaction, like, I did it right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also really loved uh, Hopper's journey in this season. I, you know, it's like he has a sad past with losing his family. And then he has 11, which is kind of, you know, his adopted daughter. So it's to like speak. a second and, start almost. And yeah. it's like when a parent is angry at their kid, you know, he, doesn't want to be angry with her. And then, mm-hmm. like, he feels bad for it later. And it's just like... He's protective of her. Yeah, he's too. protective of her. and it, it. But he loves her. You can tell that he just loves her. And he has... He's he's taken her under his wing. And that's... Yeah. I just really loved that... I always... That I also like, at the end, though. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, um, but I just... God. I love when they're, like, in the hospital towards the end when they're, like, it's a mind flayer and blah, blah, blah. And they're talking about this. And he's, like, in English... Oh yeah. Yep. He was like, "It's just a game. What does it mean? Yeah. How do we kill it? Do we shoot fireballs at it?" And Dustin's like, "No, we don't. We uh, no, no, we don't shoot fireballs at it." <laughs> that was great. I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. His arc was was. I really liked that they paired the two of them together. Yeah. Um, it's really. I think the two of them are phenomenal actors. Uh, Eleven and and. Um, oh man, David Harbor. Thank you. Hellboy. Uh, and to see them. They're just so contrasting characters as well. So to see yeah. them both stubborn as shit in the same scene together, eating fucking Eggos covered in M&Ms was yeah. like the greatest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, hold my hand. I think we agree. I think we <laughs> have the exact same. But Bob Newby, the thing that got to me with Bob Newby, I was like, who the fuck is this guy just barging in the store making out with Renata Ryder? And yeah. then all of a sudden, like, he's just like this super dopey, dorky kid and then super smart super smart Bob the brain and I mean it kind of goes back to the whole I guess Peter Parker thing and I'm kind of just like fuck yeah the nerdy dude got the girl he had a crush on Joyce in high school yeah that kind of thing and then, yeah. but the thing is like he saw her as the, the popular girl and she yeah. and you get that now relation- she's the crazy girl <laughs> <laughs> right yeah you get that the hot crazy scale um, you get that relationship between her and Hopper how like they used to be the kids that would smoke at the you know under the bleachers or whatever yeah. and then like 
fucking uh, Bob Newby who created the AV Club. AV Club. You know, like oh, I loved that. And so I fucking. Loved and so maybe I don't know. It's like me, and I'm just kind of like, oh, creating like a film organization too. And I'm kind of like, oh, I, I I feel for you. And I'm like, I was always the nerdy kid who had like the crush Is Bob on the- your spirit animal. I don't know. I just don't want to die. Bob Newby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, superhero. And he says a superhero. So yeah. I'm like, I'm oh, all that about drawing that shit. on Will's wall at the end. Where it oh, said Bob yeah. Newby superhero. Yeah. Oh. Um, he, I, I think, best storyline in the show yeah. this season. Um, yeah, I just really liked him and like his whole thing. How he was just like, oh, I get to be with you know you and like I never got to. I was just like that really hit me, really hit like really hit home for me. And then yeah, to that same point of just David Harbour's um, Hopper, just you know I, I don't, I've totally forgot that he had lost a daughter. Yeah, and then he like brought it up and he's like, oh, that's my little girl. And she's gone. And it kind of like, oh, shit. And the thing is, like. She left us. That's she left said, us. Yeah. And you never got this feeling of, like, throughout season two, at least the beginning of it, like, that he was replacing Eleven or replacing his daughter with Eleven. But it was more of, like, a cautionary tale of, like, I've lost so much. And I don't want to lose you. And I need to keep you safe at all costs. Yeah. And that's so always. becomes overbearing. Yeah. Protective. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's almost like a, in, in, a, in a funny way, like a Disney trope. Of like the yeah. overbearing father that like is you know reprimanding the daughter and stuff, like that. and the daughter's like, I just want to be free, <laughs> but um, this daughter will whip your ass because she has telekinetic powers, um, and it's really cool at the very end. Again, you know the testing of the upper limits. It's with her. It's with Hopper at the very end too. Yeah. But um, I think one of we'll talk about it. But it, it, the relationship between them two kind of goes into one of my favorite scenes as well of season two. Cool. Well, um, I wanted to kind of shift the conversation a little bit to talk about the concept of the upside down. And the, the nether. The nether, mm. yes. Because it's yeah. actually called the nether, but the kids have called it the upside down the entire time. Oh, yeah, because it's a way better name. Like, yeah. I don't know what the monsters are actually called, but Demogorgon is the best fucking name you can ever come up with. Demodogs. Oh, and Demodogs. I thought that was great. And when he kept explaining it, oh, Demogorgon, dogs, it's a... <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, it's isn't it just a parallel universe? Yeah, it's essentially kind of a, yeah. seems like it. it. I think the upside down is really a great. Yeah, I think it's a great way to explain it. Yeah, uh, there is something in season one that really pissed me off a little bit is what? when uh, Nance finds that tree with the gate in it, and she just is like, "I'm just gonna crawl into this bleeding tree for a little bit." Why not? Because who does that in real life? Who does that? That's my only moment. They were so, this I isn't felt like, real life, but this is Corey. horror movie like. Thinking like <laughs> but they were so like, smart throughout the whole rest of the show, and that just bugs it's me. Like, have you seen that Geico commercial where they're it's like uh, it's based on a horror movie, and they've got like these four teenagers, and they're like, "Let's go hide in the barn with all those chainsaws." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but they didn't do any of that. That's why I liked Lucas in season one because every time they it's would logical. try to do something like that, he's like, "Fuck that, we're not doing it." Um, but I I loved how they made it look. I loved like it almost reminded me of Silent Hill. Silent Hill, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's like. Flakes. Yeah, in like the, the air. ashes the and ashes, stuff like yeah. that in the air. Uh, well, I mean, the, I love the vibe. I feel like, I mean, the upside down or the nether never didn't really like, oh my God, that's such a crazy thing because I'm going to open up, be vulnerable for you guys oh, yeah? uh, and gals at home. Uh, I was born in the nether, <laughs> molded by it. Um, <laughs> um, I watch a lot of vampire diaries. And when you die, you go into the other side. And the other side is literally the same world, except it's filled with dead people. So and it looks like exactly the same. Down. And so it felt very similar. And so, I mean, there's there are things like that where I have qual- like I don't have qualms with, but like when people are like, oh my God, Avatar is like revolutionary. It's like, it's the Fern Gully, Smurfs. I was just going to say, it's just it's, a really expensive Fern Gully. It's, it's Pocahontas. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't tell me the story is revolutionary. Tell me the technology is. That's cool. Like, tell me Stranger Things. Like, yeah, it has a really cool vibe. But like, tell me like, oh, there's a... 
a monster with an open mouth thing. It's like, that's Petey the Piranha from Super Mario. Like, <laughs> like I don't care. <laughs> um, hey, look, there's this mindfulness thing. Oh, I mean, like a Cthulhu wannabe. Like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not saying that these designs don't, aren't cool or anything like that, but like nothing really like makes me go crazy. Like, well, I think they're purposely pulled from other things. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think it's cool. Like, it has an homage, but like something that you could tell has some influences, but you wouldn't know where it came from is like Hellboy. Hellboy character design from Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. where you have the 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 Samael, the tentacle dog thingy with a long tongue and like four eyes. It's like, oh crap, this is a crazy looking monster. Everything in Stranger Things, not saying it's a bad thing, but like kind of just seems pretty tame. And they do the Jaws thing, which I think is really cool. We, the less you see, the better. Yeah, they I do that a lot that. in season one. In season two, they're kind of like, cool guys, we have a quadruple budget. Let's use CGI for everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get in the qualms yet because yeah, I, I so, have quite a few, but I want to just talk about the upside down as a, as a, as a whole. My question is, uh, what do you think like it really is? I mean, it, it's kind of a conflicting thing because I almost don't want them to explore that too much because I love the characters and their interaction. But it's like, what is it? It's like a desolate place with like well, one Yeah, what do, you, what do you think it is, Ali? I don't know. Maybe it's like a world, like if it's a parallel universe, then maybe like it was fine until the mind flare came well, in and it consumed everything. And now it's didn't like, they, was it, was it uh, on strange, be, well, beyond stranger things. They had, uh, uh, Bill Nye. They had Bill Nye explain universes and how there's yeah. multiple universes. And they did like almost like a Venn diagram and pretty much where this little place of nether exists is part of another universe. That's like now starting to merge with ours. So for me, like, so he took it from like a scientific point of view and he's done things where right. he like explains how Superman shapes, but like, this I felt like to me it was just like it's just another dimension that like is now seeping into ours because it's starting to be, like meld into ours and there's a certain point where like again the universe is constantly expanding and we're all just like particles bumping into each other so I to me it was just very logical it was like yeah it's another universe that's popping in and it's like technically speaking if you think of like in all cases of supernatural that quote unquote happen in the world it's one anomaly that's going on and I mean to me it almost kind of feels like Buffy. Where the library yeah. is the Hellmouth. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. But then also, I think it's a very ignorant to think that this is the only, like Hawkins is the only place that this is happening. Right. Yeah. I'd like to see them explore that a little more in season three. Well, I guess it's in a, uh, like, yeah, in like a plot point kind of way, do, do you think it's, do you think there's much more to worry about other than the Mind Flayer? Because there doesn't seem to be anything else there. Uh, I think so. I yeah. feel like there's, like, the thing is, like, the biggest fish in the sea is scared of something else. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there was one cool thing that I did, like how they had this whole scientific, like science facility there. It reminded me of, um, I never watched The Fog or I guess maybe even the original The Mist, but I just saw the one with Tom Jane. And the way that they kind of explained it was that scientists were working in a mountain and they accidentally opened a rift into another dimension. Mm-hmm. And then that's when everything happened and monsters started coming in. And I forget if that's kind of like what was the cause of the nether coming into our universe or that they were just investigating something happening. Well, here's here's my counter question, I suppose. In season two, we see uh, Papa telling her she has a wound, it's festering, blah, blah, blah. What in relation to the Upside Down? Because we don't ever really find out what he's talking about, do we? Mm. No. No, mm. not really. I mean, I feel like he's just kind of alluding to like this rage that she has, but, you know, yeah. You think that's what it was? I felt like it because the thing is, like, she never got closure over her mom, her dad. And I really liked how, like, it was the whole, like, idea that everyone's lied to you and your entire reality has been fabricated. And kind of just going into, like, because, I mean, she was like a test tube child. So She was uh, number 11. I want to know what happened to 9 and 10. I want to know what happened to 1 through 7. Well, 7, or, 8, 9, we know that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> or 8. 
Oh and we'll, God. We'll, talk, we'll talk about eight. We'll talk about eight. I mean, eight. Was, I mean, we could jump into that real quick. I I thought that was the fact that they've introduced other numbers to me has really got me intrigued and kind of makes me think kind of to the point of this Hawkins can't be the only town that this is happening to. Yeah. Like, are these other test subjects a alive and B, are they seeing the same shit that 11 can see and is going through yeah. and stuff like that? I, I mean, have, I have some concerns. Um, and we'll, and I'll save this more to elaborate when we talk about qualms, but um, I'm worried favorite. that it's going to like make it too heroesy. Uh, they, not I started thinking it was going to go that that route when yeah. I think you're going to bring up an episode that's, really that's point. thinking yeah. that's coming to my mind that it was like going to be like yeah. oh they're creating X Men kind of. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I we'll forget do, we'll do an X Men. I episode. forget everything that happened with Eleven was kind of like her her mom was like tested on and stuff like that or like had experiments on and then she had a kid and those properties or whatever the hell they wanted like was passed down right. I think so. And that that never was like really explicitly connected with another. It was almost like two random things happen and it's like mm-hmm. this nether's opening and then this child was born with special properties. Somehow they're connected, right? Well, she eleven opened up the the So that was the thing, gate. right? She yeah. created the well so the entire movie's her fault the entire series is her fault? <laughs> uh sort of in a sense, except that they made her do it. Um, so yes and no. Uh because then, Papa was a bad man. So I feel like we need a, I feel like we're still, we need like an origin story, you know, like, like an origin of the, cause we still don't know. There's still we, a lot that we don't know. Cause all we've seen is the birth where they took her and then suddenly she's like six years old. Yeah. With eight. And we don't know how far down the rabbit hole goes. Like we, wait, you were saying one through seven, nine and 10, like is 11 the last one? Like, oh, that's even, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like. You know, it's, oh, for sure. it's an odd number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's a, you know, I hope they explore that. Yeah, I think that might be what they're setting up for. Because I think they said they want to make four seasons, right? The I brothers? don't know. Did I they? Know. I think the brothers said they want to do four seasons. I'm glad that they're. And then they're out. But later. I don't think it's been greenlit. But I think that's what. Three they, has been. Three, I know three has been. Sure. But I, don't, I don't know if four. four I mean, we'll probably know by the pilot. I mean, when they release it out. Because they just, you know, shoot it all out. And I yeah. think it's, it's I think it's now probably readers. the whole the most <laughs> the most uh, anticipated Netflix series um, next to the Marvel ones. Yeah, easily, mm-hmm. if yeah. not yeah. more than the Marvel ones. Yeah, it's got more of an appeal than yeah, because it's it's, it's kind of encapsulated. Broader. And the thing is, it all it can all it needs to do is continue to do. And this is what I feel like. We'll get into a qualm about it. Like it, just, the season two success was just because God, season we one all want to talk about qualms. Yeah. I we know. Keep going. Well, we've talked a half hour about great stuff, <laughs> but so I mean. Should we just do it? Yeah, I think so. I think that's fine. I think we can get into it. We can Oreo it, you know. Yeah, we can <laughs> Oreo it. I'll sandwich it up. Like, uh, but so are I, we saying the qualms is the white is the the, yeah, the so, sweet stuff in the middle? Yeah. Okay, yeah. But, is that limited edition Oreo you buy where the cream filling just yeah. doesn't taste very let's good? Let's try to let's try not to oh, make the mystery it double ones. Stuff. Yeah, the mystery ones, but it still has the trusty <laughs> you know chocolate cookie on the outside. Yeah, I like that. Uh, right. But you know, just before we get into it, you know, I think Ollie's really good about just mentioning that we still like the show. We're still wanting to watch it. I We're love the show. Tear it apart. But I, I was mean, able to watch seven hours straight of it today. Yeah. And people at home, this is not a review show. This is just a talking show. So really don't take our word for it. We know nothing. <laughs> Go watch it for yourself. <laughs> I don't have a degree about <laughs> yeah, critically analyzing films or you know, critiquing you them. You decide. We want to hear yourself. what you think, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, we're in a pluralistic world where there's probably an even an under 
upside down for this. So, no, I mean, like, there's I, there's a universe where there's the Nerd On podcast where they just loved everything about it. Yeah. It's called Normal Off. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't have many qualms except for the, I mean, fucking Mr. Clark. I'm so let down, guys. <laughs> so, for our listeners, I was waiting for my wife to watch together, and we dropped the ball. So, I, I binged seven hours uh, of it today, seven episodes. And I kept waiting for Mr. Clark to uh, make his return and help the kids out with whatever they needed. And they abandoned him in like episode five, and you never see him again. And my heart is broken. They just it have is the Ghostbusters into... little ghost thingy, and then that's it. That was it. He well, loved I mean... it too. Like he put the he put the, the trap up there, and he was like, "Oh my god, a trap! Did the doors work?" And I was like, "Yeah, he gets it, man." <laughs> and then they were like, "All right, gotta go." And that was it. So well, that's my my for you. biggest screaming qualm. Huh? It's related to your qualm. Yeah. Do you think there was an an overabundance of character like new characters and characters and because oh. like one of my qualms is like mike basically taking like the back seat yes that was my and other yes, big thing yes and do you think that's because of like what? them wanting to focus on other characters i think the trinity affected him explain so the trinity effect is when you get a dope ass female protagonist who's literally just Super cool with the male protagonist. Yeah. The male protagonist and the female protagonist fall in love. I'm doing hand signs where people are meeting together, yeah. everyone yeah. at home. Um, and then when the sequel comes out, now the romantic character is literally just like, help me, save me. I'm useless without you. Right. So that like, gotcha. and so in this paradigm, and I think to me, like we need more of it where we have strong female characters. Like she's the hero. Mike's yeah. not really a hero because without Eleven, Nothing could have happened. Mike just kind of assembled everyone together. Mm-hmm. But in the end of it, Eleven is the one that actually handles business. So I feel like Mike kind of had to play like what you would see in a sequel of a movie of like the widowed Kind of wife. a douche. Yeah. He's kind of a douche to Max the entire time. Because he, his heart belongs to Eleven. Doesn't matter. And I, you know what? But I did actually, my heart did jump. I was like, you know what? They can work out. It could be cool. But I, I thought... The teen angst was just like... Are you talking about Mike uh, and Max? Because she was talking to him and she was like, nah, blah, blah, yeah. you need a you need a Zoomer, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, she's trying to be cool with them. And like, I don't know if like... She's that's trying happened. to be cool with him because she's in love with Lucas and wants to be cool with his friends. But at that time, I was kind of like, Lucas is doing all this work. And then Dustin's like, you messing up, man. You ain't getting <laughs> this girl. You just playing... <laughs> like, you just playing with this little just slime like dog. <laughs> but, that's typical Dustin though, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean... I don't know. I, I and then Billy being racist, correct? Yeah, they 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 went there. You know, I think I think they like were he hates the black kid. That. Yeah, I mean it's the eighties, so they captured they had to capture some bad parts. That's a of good it. point. And I think that's that's cool. We live in you know our time right now where we can see that and we can be sensitive to it. You know, when you get a lot of people who are watching these like old TV shows, and there's a lot of like gay bashing undertones or like racial you know, bad shit that they're saying. And it's like, oh, you didn't realize that that was actually the time and place that you were in. Oh, like when right. the dad calls him. Yeah. Yeah, he says and, that race, uh, slur. Yeah. yeah, and then... Homophobic slur. And then now we get to watch, like, kind of like, oh, shit. That's, like, how it was back in the back in the day. Like, you were going to be called out on that. But then now we see it, we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's how things were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, with everything with film and all that, even if it's a period piece, you still have to, like, Put that in there and parallel you have it to, to our it. time. Take exactly. it with the bad. Well, you parallel it to our time, so you kind of feel like, oh god, like how could we have been from that place? And then yeah. you realize how far we've come, and even though it's like only been thirty years, it's yeah. like when you watch Mad Men and you go, oh, oh, the qualms. Yeah. Um, one, so so I have a qualm with the entire series as an arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the characters are well written. 
I think the aesthetic, the production value, the sound, the some of the acting's okay. I think there's some acting that could be better. Winona Ryder. Did you? Did I say that out loud? You okay? But I, uh, my big problem with it, kind of like in Black Mirror, where there you know something bad's gonna happen at the end. It feels very mechanical. And so the cool thing about the Netflix series as a whole, and I wish we could have an episode where we just talk about Netflix original series and they're kind of like add it to the list. Add it to the list. list. Um, Usually, TV shows like on cable television have three three acts, and Mm -hmm. they have you know the act structure. Actually, now hour long shows have six acts. and they play to a certain point where, like, in the middle of it, right before the big commercial break, they ha- there's something happens, and then they go to the very end, and that's, you know, the end. But it kind of slightly leaves you in a place where you're okay. In Netflix series, like, they always have to leave you with the with the cliffhanger that wants you to go watch the next episode because yeah. you have to binge the show. And, and we've gotten so have accustomed to. to a binging, like, lifestyle. But the thing is, not too much happens between episodes three and six, two and five— you know, the, you have over. You have to get over the course of like four episodes to actually be like, okay, movement is actually happening. Like, yeah, yeah. How long did it take for us to get eleven out of the house? Well, I think what the biggest issue with season two is. So with season one, everyone's kind of together all the time, right? So they don't have to take the time to tell. Oh, let's tell uh, you know Hopper and Eleven's story. Now let's tell Lucas and Max's story. Now let's tell Dustin and Dart's story. Now let's tell Mike and Will's story. It was right. kind of like there's Will's mom. And then there was the kids. the kids. Like, that was all they had to tell. So every episode was like, boom, 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 boom. It was a much now, more linear plot. Right. I felt like season two was a lot of like, let's spread everyone out, tell all their stories, and then by episode eight, we'll bring them all back together again, and nine will happen. I, I will <laughs> I'll kind of argue that because I – like what we, what I love the most about the Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, is that you did separate everyone from each right, other. But that's a movie. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, not. It's not over nine hours. Yeah, that's a whole different. I was gonna. Thing. I agree. I agree, you, I totally. Agree. I was gonna compare it to Two Towers, more so. Which sure. is nine hours. <laughs> which is <laughs> exactly <laughs> nine hours long. Yeah, uh, it's it's like half of nine hours though, which is, is kind of still scary. <laughs> but it, it's no, it's exploring those characters. It's that like breath between like the first and the third um, where you just get a chance to explore characters. I love two towers. I did it really well. Again, movie, a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, you know, there's things in here like eight. I, I, I really strongly believe that eight exists to set up season three, Oh yeah. which I kind of have an issue with. It goes back to sort of like the matrix issue or back to where it's like, Ultron. now that you know, you have two seasons to do mm-hmm. like you, you're going to play in that space as opposed to like concentrating on season two and making that a cohesive mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. So like we got the opening seas, the opening scene for the entire like season two yeah. was eight. And then we get the sort of like one divisive episode. episode seven, which, you know, off of a cliffhanger from episode six where the dog's like attacking the, the booth yeah, and then just jump into episode seven yeah. where, it's about 11 and she's gone and she's meeting her family. Comparatively to where like the season finale of, of season one, it ended off with Hopper dropping a box of Eggos. And mm-hmm. you're kind of like, oh shit, she's alive. Yeah. You know, that was the only like, oh, I need to watch next season. This yeah, one's right. like, in the middle of the series, you kind of like stopped almost most po- progress to show the Lost Girls at Lost Sister? Lost Girls? Uh, yeah, Sister. Sister, sister Lost Sister yeah. episode. Lost sister. And that was she it. called was her kinda, sister. Yeah, I was just like, okay. So it's like- What was the purpose of this? It kind of just stopped all momentum. And yeah. I mean, a little bit going back to, I'm trying to hijack it back, mm-hmm. a little bit going back to my part. Like to me, the thing is like, I feel like 
with season one and two, nothing happens until like the last two episodes. And I feel like this is actually a big Marvel critique. Is that like, or not Marvel? I feel uh, like Netflix season critique. one had a lot more going for it than season two. Yeah. I, I mean, enjoyed one much more. And I felt season one, I couldn't put it down. Like I had to talk myself out of watching yeah. more. And with season two, there were a few episodes where halfway through the episode, I was like, I just got to get through this. And then I know we'll get back to the demodogs and we'll get back to the hospital, back to Will. But like like that that episode for me was probably my least favorite mm-hmm. out of yeah. the entire series. And I mean, I think the for the same reason that Corey, I think we don't like some of the reasons why like it kind of split off and everyone's kind of doing their own thing. It's because we wanted what we had in the first one when they all came back. So I mean, it is a device, but sometimes it's kind of like oatmeal, like steel coat oatmeal, where it's like cold. And it's like, ugh, <laughs> I'll eat it. It's, it's good for me. You know, it's good for but you. But I don't like it. It does, it does I, make her realize that she wants to be home and all that yeah. stuff, and it, it serves a purpose. But yeah, kind of. It could have done of. it with half an episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just saying. Yes. It could have been done quicker. Uh, but like, the, like the, you know, I wanted to get to the stuff where, like, I think one of the strongest or most fun things to watch was Steve with the kids. Yeah. Like being a mom, Babysitter. essentially. Yeah, like with the towel yeah. over his shoulder hair, and everything. Like yeah. the hair conversation. Oh, man. And, uh, was it Farrah Fawcett? So Farrah Fawcett? Like, yeah, Farrah Fawcett's the, the, the heart of this show isn't, you know, the upside down. It's not the Demogorgons. It's the relationships the characters yeah. have with each other that kept me watching it. Which is why you watch TV. Yeah. Right, and, and having, having them overcome these things together. Like, Fucking when when Eleven finally throws that demi dog through the window and steps through the door in all slow motion, I was like, "Yes, we're back, baby! Yeah, it's happening!" And so, like, um, I think yeah, I think my another big issue I had she with, comes in with her chucks. Yeah, I, <laughs> it was awesome, man. It's just feel that that feeling of like up until episode eight or nine. I was just like, when is everyone getting back together to do this shit? When is something going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they, yeah, I think they're just trying to develop the characters so you feel like there's some growth with them. Because, I mean, that's kind of like a weird staple you find a lot with, like, these franchises. And I, and I keep talking about, like, these shared universe things. And, like, what happens is, like, when you bring everyone together, you, what are you going to do when you separate them? You have to show some growth. And, you know, the best thing to do is dis- dismantle the team. And you'll break them from the inside and then force them to get back together because then you feel triumphant when they're finally back together to fight the mind flare. And you're like, yeah. okay. And they finally, and to me, I think, try, not trying to start the whole Oreo thing, but like, I really did like how they went back to season one with the lights and trying to figure out that whole alphabet thing. And then yeah. they're doing this whole drawing around the house because it always yeah. comes back to like, we got to fuck up the house. Yeah, like let's fuck up, up the house and do this like everything. We have to hang stuff up. Yeah. Um. I. I. My another little qualm I have, and I'll pass it to you after this, Josh. This is just a little one that popped in my head, was uh playing with the whole trope of uh like eleven being jealous. Oh, of Max. Of Max. Oh, oh yeah. It, yeah. You know, you you build up this really strong, independent character who's who's got her issues with with her past, but like all in all, is like really kind of like has herself and, like, knows what yeah. she wants and stuff like that. Um, so I didn't like, A, that they had that whole jealousy thing where she throws her skateboard out from under her, or, B, when they meet, she doesn't shake her hand at all, even though Max is like, hey, I'm Max, I've heard a lot yeah. about you. And then they never resolve it. Like, yeah, as far as we know, Max and Eleven are still fucking hate each other. I would say yeah. the second part where Eleven doesn't make amends. The first part, because I think it's, like, Eleven finally getting freedom, all she wants to do is see Mike... And it's not, I think the first part, it's not a jealousy thing. It's more like I've been gone and no one missed me. Okay. Mike's I can see it that on. way. I can see it that and way. So for but me, that second well, one. it's kind of like, okay, in Harry Potter, when 
Dobby stops his letters and um he basically Harry Potter is just like stuck in this yeah. horrible experience and he comes back and he thinks, Oh great, you guys are having all of this fun and I've been at that <laughs> fucking place. It's kinda like that when she comes back and she's like, Great, I've been stuck more. in a cabin. Well, I think and I think they also are, use it as an opportunity to continue to remind us that she's just a little kid. That's, good. Yeah. That's a good and, point. And like some of the dynamic between her and Hopper, I think really illustrated that she's just a little kid that can be easily like completely turned 180 at the at the Drop idea of, the head, of a yeah. of a uh, at the idea of a ego extravaganza. That's right. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, true. I mean, like just looking That's at second moment though. Looking at it critically, like you yeah. you see like. 11 comparatively to Max. Max is someone that kind of knows who she is. He's really good at games that like gets the guy's attention. Like gets Lucas Lucas's affection immediately Lucas. when 11 never had that chance. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I mean mm-hmm. like just kind of comparing those characters together it's like she like they she also can't lift stuff with their mind. They're almost they're so, yeah. It's a little leeway. They're they're almost foils <laughs> of each other. I wouldn't say they're antagonists of each other, but they're foils because they're both strong characters of their own right, but they just you you learn more about each other because of what the other one's not comparatively. Yeah. So I mean, like, I think it's, but I think I like Max just because then you get the boys to you know have someone else they can like, and I was like, okay, cool. And it's then, interesting because they could have resolved it like at the very end. Yeah, they could yeah. have been like she could have just been like nice dress or something, yeah. and Same like thing. they could have like smiled at each other. And but that they, been, as far as we know, they still hate each other. Do you think yeah. that's on purpose? Maybe. I just think it's what if after saving the world together, it's a little petty. It's silly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sure. I mean, they're about to go into high school, aren't they? So it's like that's the petty shit that happens. Yeah, yeah I feel is. like you grow up a little fast when you uh, def- save the world twice. Yeah, you have a little level, more level head on your shoulder. Shit, I totally forgot of like a, a, a of a, like a kind of a new favorite character in season two. Go on, the detective. The detective, the detective uh, oh, who yeah, has yeah. the little bunker, and that's when Jonathan and oh, Nancy the did the conspiracy thing. theory. Oh, yeah, I love that, that guy. guy. Oh my god, <laughs> he's so, he's so no, good. Vodka. vodka. Yeah. Oh, god. He hates the Russians, but he drinks vodka. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, wa- he's like, well, you can water your your vodka down. And oh, when he calls them on their bullshit too, oh, he's like, oh, how's oh, yeah. your, how's the pullout? Yeah, the the, the couch, the bed. Oh. He's like, oh my god, so good. And then he's like, he just like nails everyone. I, I love characters who just like. The thing is, obviously, they're written in a certain way. So it's like characters who could just call out, just like, you don't love blah, blah, blah. And you have like, dad you issues. Yeah. It's like, issues because oh, your dad, I'm guessing. I love that like, shit. No. I like to see Nancy go down that path of becoming like, like, a like that's basically her role. And I think in both seasons of being more like a, like a detective kind of investigative person with Jonathan. Nancy Drew. Ooh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look at you, Tom. Mm. Uh, Josh Qualms. I got to be perfectly honest. I have a lot. Okay. I um. This is a long episode, everyone. This um, buckle up. This show for me, I think it it has a. The hype train is just so big, and I'll be perfectly honest. I I watched it like, I watched the show like I remember when the trailer came out. Like you were mentioning, Tom, and I was really excited about it. I was like, yeah, this is cool, and it came out about like uh, yes. He's I'm gonna add on to that. I'm gonna add on to that. I remember watching the trailer and I was like, "This is gonna be fucking amazing." Yeah. And I was like, "This is great." Season Me two. And I re- no, season one. Oh, okay. And I was yeah. like, "Fucking!" And I posted on Facebook and I was like, "Dude, this seems legit. I love supernatural shit." Blah blah blah. Like it's in the '80s. All like, look yeah. at this fucking design. Like fuck. Like Marvel yeah. just wants to do like all these cool things and but like, look at this like cool aesthetic. And then I felt like crickets. I felt for a real long second crickets. It wasn't until like it finally came out. Yeah. That like everyone was like, oh my god, it's the best thing. I was like, I, but I, and but the you, thing is, I didn't watch it 
when it immediately when it came out, I kind of wanted to wait. I had like a adultery thing with someone. Like I was supposed to watch it with a friend, and I was like, I'll wait till you're ready to watch it. And I didn't watch it for a really long time. Yeah. And then everyone was like going crazy about it. So I'm like, I'm with you. Where I was like, I I was really ahead of the curve when I first saw the trailer. I was like, this seems fucking amazing. Yeah, I thought I thought that it was gonna be amazing, and I kind of at the time I was going to some training for some work for a long period of time, and I was like, okay, I'm 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 just gonna watch it. And I'm gonna be flying for a long time. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, it's gonna. This show blows. Season one. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, I, it Shit. Took, no, actually, no, it doesn't blow. I didn't know we were it's walking just, into that. Grandpa no. Josh. Okay, here's the thing. Is <laughs> yeah, it's like I, Grandpa Josh. I watch. I watch. I watched it. I watched it? the first season, and it was like. It took me a long time to get into it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's yeah. just like it, it's one of those shows that you're like, okay, ugh. all right, I'm gonna watch Stranger Things. All right. All right, it's like gonna, me and Game of Thrones. All right, I've got okay. <laughs> that's, that's one episode down. All right, how many more of these are there? Okay. Oh no. Okay, there's another one. Okay, let's watch it. All right, sweet. Okay, and then yeah, things start finally happening. Yeah. Like okay. episode eight of fucking ten, and I'm like, it just feels like four episodes of exposition. Like nothing happened. What? <laughs> Come on. It's and a show like, you live in, and it, it makes me sad because I'm like, it has great characters. I think it's a great premise for a for a show. It production has, quality is good. Production quality is amazing. Soundtrack it's, is yeah. Fun. Soundtrack is awesome. It's playing homage to many of my favorite things. You say homage? Did I, I say homage? I, homage is a good. I hear homage. I say homage. I don't way. know. It's like Orge Duvers. Potato tomato. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, whatever. <laughs> Philip stop. Now I'm gonna be all like. Oh, God, did I say the right word? Anyway. Um, homage. Homage uh, to the 80s. And I love a lot of what came out of the 80s. And so I want it to be good. Like, I want it to be from the second you press play to the second it ends. Like, so when season two is coming out, I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. But I- I'm just not like everybody's fucking peeing their pants for it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's. I think for for me, we just, you just got filled. overhyped. Is that I think it was overhyped. I mean, yeah, that's a danger. Yeah. I think that the there's there's so many great qualities in this basket that is Stranger Things, and it's just not. I just don't think it's that great of a show. I think it just like it speaks <laughs> to me so much from like that time period. Oh um, no. Yeah. Am I that guy on this there. episode? I think you are. I think you're 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 Grandpa Josh. People so, are gonna hate me. So man, I mean, like, Josh. Hashtag hate Josh. You didn't Josh. just watch it and enjoy it, Josh. <laughs> no. God damn it! I, the one time. Every, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> I, yes, I go into entertainment to be entertained, and I want to watch it, but. It's not that I don't fucking analyze things, it's okay. okay? There's that one I guy at home right and, now being like, preach it, brother. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there is someone's I'm not the only one. <laughs> there are dozens of us. Dozens! Dozens. It's not the- <laughs> and this is when Nerd on the Podcast got banned from iTunes because <laughs> of fans. No, I, I guess I just, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything, but it's just like I... We're not Rotten Tomatoes. We're not going to just tear our movie down. Or tear yeah, you're on the podcast where three guys from L.A. get together. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the moment Josh was punched in the face and thrown out of I the mean, show. I mean, he still mixes our show. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's just like I'm... It's not as I, spectacular as everyone says it is. No, it's, yeah, it's like I, I just think that it's... It's good. It's quality, but it's not like a fucking There's a lot of really great things about it. Like mm-hmm. I said, the characters. I love watching the characters. Mm-hmm. I really do. I love... Most together. episodes have... Mm-hmm good things from them but it's just like it's 
I think of it of uh, great idea, poor execution. Mm. Like Let me throw this like, at you. Yeah. Because this is one of the first things that came into my head when I started watching it. I don't know if you'll feel the same. It's the Super 8 we should have gotten. Hmm? I see that. Yes. Okay. I could see that. Because yeah. I, I personally was I very disappointed with Super 8. Well, the thing... The tough thing is, like, I, I I was just gonna go on to that when you're saying like it should be good from beginning to end. Yeah, and I feel like I don't know for some. I mean, reason, that's an unrealistic expectation, in all honesty, for a show. Well, but, for some reason, right. I immediately like. I'm, I feel like you were asking for like a Spielberg polish, where Spielberg, whenever like he starts a movie, it just feels magical. Yeah, and I'm talking about yeah. like old Spielberg. Spielberg, nah, nah, nah. old. Spielberg. But like, yeah, Super Eight kind of felt Spielberg like, that this show pays homage to. The entire time he was saying that with his pinky up, just let everyone know. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, I kind of agree that like Super Eight kind of also tries to get that same magic from the '80s, from like when you know practicals were involved and like there was just some kind of vibe that was going on in the 80s because the the, like or the, e. close the, the 90s yeah. movies were doing about the yeah. 80s I mean it, I it love it feel as genuine yeah. in the movie like if I'm gonna throw some positive like I love the the um the Ghostbusters thing yep. I yeah, love yeah. that I love I love the kid troop I I, mm-hmm. I I don't like that I don't like the Max thing either like kind of pushing her aside because she's like yeah let's you guys need a zoomer and all that kind of stuff, and it's just all like she is is nice. Uh, she's just nice, she's and she nice has this shitty home, home, shitty family. Home. Yeah, Billy's a dick, and His like dad's she, a homophobe, and it's just like I don't she's know. Trying to I don't like that Barb died. I don't like the Barb died. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta open up this can of worms real yeah, quick. Yeah, real quick. Why the fuck is she so like popular? Like, cause me, like what I saw, I'm like, okay, cool. She's just gonna be like the who. Barb. Oh, Barb. Oh, she's going to be like this logical death. person that's kind of like, not to me like a downer, but like just, hey, fucking don't do this oh, shit. Oh, why is she with the popular kids? No, no, no. Well, the thing is like, how, why is she? Being culturally. Oh, yeah, culturally. culturally. So Everyone's like, okay. oh my God, Team Barb and Barb shirts and Barb Fungo Pops and Barb everything. I think they're trying to be ironic. Any of it. Yeah. You, fucking the, there's always the character in a horror movie that dies that didn't deserve it. Bob I knew. I, I mean, was she, would you say like she's a Bob Newbie 1.0? No, because. <laughs> Because of a character that didn't deserve to fucking die, that everyone kind of just like. Because to me, I was just like, you died well, no, in fucking two he episodes. He sacrificed himself saving everybody. Yeah, and that's Barb why he's gets cool. shit on by her best friend and yeah. the popular yeah. guy from high school. And then when she's like, "We need to leave. You've drank too much." Blah blah blah. Her friend shits on her again, and then she goes and sits by the pool by herself, and then gets killed. Like that's fucked. She didn't deserve any of that. Yeah, she wasn't even trying to like that risk whole her life. Season, to save I was everyone. like, she's still alive. And then she's you still, see her. And then you see her, and she's like, she's. She's de- she's very she's dead. So dead. She's very dead. Like she's dead she's very she's like dead. dead. That is her dead like body. Bunch. So oh. I think that's why I think people were like uh, flocked to her because you know she I feel was, like that's also internet craze that goes crazy. Probably, I mean, there's like, probably a part to making that making it popular for no but reason. I, I loved Barb because I was just like she was right the whole time. She yep. They were wrong for that. What they did to her. To you to, wrong for that. They were wrong for that. What they <laughs> what Stephen and Nance did to her at that party and like then she just gets killed by sitting alone on a, on a fucking pool bed. Yeah. Like, Diving board. Just trying to be a good friend. Just trying to be a great friend. Waiting for her friend so that she can drive her home later. Yeah. Shitty. That's why. Shitty. Team Barb. Moral moral (laughs) season one story is if you're a good person, you will die. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You will die. You're the DD, you will die. Yes. (laughs) Essentially, yes. Actually, I actually went to a Halloween party where I was 11 and someone dressed as Barb and it was like spot on costume. It was amazing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Did they die? He died. (laughs) They died. They were just trying to do the right thing and they died. (laughs) Yeah. Um, they're like, what makes you different from me? 
And Go, I was like, I'm not wearing hockey pads. Um, one thing Son I did. Son of a. <laughs> without I just, fail. I just forget time. about it. I just have like blindness yeah. and like deafness to it now. Um, one thing that I did like about that Ghostbusters sequence was when they did get. Because I think that was like just the biggest. Like everyone's like, oh my God, season two is going to be fucking amazing. Because, you know, the internet loves to like over exaggerate everything. And like it's the best thing ever. Like when you saw the kids in the Ghostbuster outfits. But my favorite part of that episode is actually when they turn around. They're like, oh my God. And there's like the music oh, goes yeah. up, and they're like, "Why isn't anyone wearing costumes?" Yeah. I, like, I loved yeah. it. it. So that's such, to me, like that's like that probably be me. That's like the good horror movie like trope of like the scary things about to happen, but it's a false scare. Mm-hmm. But then this is if they use it for comedy, and nothing happens at all. And I don't know. I just I just realized something. There's huh. four of us. Yeah, we could be Ghostbusters. Nice. I like that. Yes, we're doing it. I'm gonna be Vankman. You can be Ray. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? Um, um, yeah, but I mean, ultimately, I I'm on the other side of the coin. I still I loved the show, uh, especially the first season. The second season, I feel weird. like a dick for not loving. No, it. Okay, just be okay. you. Do let's, you, boo boo? Let, uh, well, let's open it up. Season one compared to season two. Which Def- one do you like better? Definitely season, season one. one. Season one. Season However, one. funny I think enough, the, I like season two more. I like season two more. The kids were yeah. hold, 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 better oh. actors in season two. We'll hold hands over here. It's okay. Um, You're holding fingers. That's fine. It's, I'm, it's not, I'm not picky. Physical contact. Well, okay, so why season, why season one over season two? Um, the, I think it was just like, Too slow. not to not to quote uh, <laughs> Steve here, but I just felt it. You know, I felt that lightning in, in, in season one. I just liked the, <laughs> the discovery of the relationship between all the kids. Um, I liked the dynamic of having all of them together, which is what I kind of missed into is the, the whole group the, that – yeah, you give, know and love their dynamic in season one is completely split apart. And I know you said it's it's story and character growth mm-hmm. reasons, but I would have liked to see them together more so mm-hmm. uh, than just like the first two episodes. Because after that, it's nothing until the very end. Uh, yeah. And even then, you don't get the whole group together because Eleven's with Hopper and the they're with Steve. So even yeah. throughout the whole season two, you don't get the whole team back together. And I, I think that a, let me down a little bit. I had a tighter story, I feel. Yeah. Purposed. Okay, we got the season one camp over here. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I agree with that. And I think it had a clearer uh, direction, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, kind of what you said, like all, this, all the characters are kind of in a free fall. Um, but in this one, I yeah, I guess I just wish in season two we had seen that, like, at least in a movie where at the end they're like, oh, now the team's back together. They're going to take the thing down. We didn't even get that. And I think that let me down a little bit. Um, so for me, I, I'm exact opposite. So, Corey, hold, let me hold your hand. I don't want to. Let me hold your hand so I can let go of it. <laughs> um, my, my thing is like, uh, my my worry is a lot of times of feeling fear for characters. If I don't feel like nothing's, nothing's going to happen to them, I don't give a shit. There has to be stakes. And so when every time the team is together, I'm like, oh, whatever, they'll get through it. I don't care. Yeah. But whenever a character is by themselves or in twos, then it's like something might happen. Something bad might happen. Or you just get intimate scenes, which I liked. And for me, season two played a lot of things that I wanted to happen in season one. Where yeah. I wanted Jonathan and Nancy to get together. So, like, season two was, like, a payoff for that. I wanted, like, more between Hopper and Joyce. So, season two was a payoff for that. Yeah. I wanted yeah. Mike and Eleven to, like, get back together. So, that was a payoff. Hallelujah. So, the, so the, exactly. Oh, the, the ten seconds you see them together, that was a payoff? 
Well, for me, I was kind of like this entire <laughs> the whole the whole ten seconds. Well, to me, the entire first season is kind of like Mike is having to get to know Eleven. It's like okay, obviously they're gonna get together. So it's like let's get through all the bullshit of them finding out everything about each other and the, the growing, bullshit and them says the the, the storyteller of love stories the bullshit of finding out about each pains. other. Well. <laughs> To me, uh, well, the thing is, like, kind of like, I guess you, I guess to that point where it's like the point of a romance or like. Let's just this, watch the notebook, but just the part where they the die ending, together. Just the end. Just the end. <laughs> Cut the bullshit out. Just the Cut part the where they die hand in hand at 80. No, it's like it, Mike was, Mike is basically Bruce Wayne at the beginning of Rises. Yeah. He's just moping. Yeah, he's just moping. Yeah. Sad, yeah. sad man. Sad Every man. day I'm moping. <laughs> um, but, you know, I feel like season two had a lot of payoffs. And to me, like, I just felt like. They knew what they were gonna do with season two. I enjoyed watching season two more than I yeah. did. I, I, season one. I felt like they just knew what they were gonna do with the characters. It like took me a year better. to watch season one. Yeah, season. Uh, well, I mean, it's funny because I, I didn't watch any of them in the, in the peak of their hype, and I you know I heard about things and stuff like that. And I don't know. I think Bob Newby just kind of like really pulled it over, and that's kind of like, I think a really shallow point where it's kind of like one character kind of really won me over because he kind of became this like hopeful person that had to die because you can't mm-hmm. have everything yeah. happy. You know, not everything can work out. Not everything can work out. And the thing, but the thing is like that person went through it, became a pivotal like plot device and died other than like this sad person that was like Barb that had no real reason to die. And almost you didn't feel like what part are they going to play? He got to be a hero. Yeah. And I mean, everyone, yeah. everyone, I feel like everyone kind of got to play a part other than Mr. AV teacher. And Mike. And Mike. And, and Mike. Mike, yeah, Mike, Mike can just, do shit season two. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean. He just kept going, he's a spy. Well, that was it. That was this whole thing in season two. <laughs> oh, he's not a spy now, but you said he was. Yeah, but now he's not. But he's a spy. Yeah. And the phone rings. He's a spy again. <laughs> 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 Fuck you, Mike. Because I, well, I mean, I guess to, it does bring up to all these points. Like, do you think they did that because they gave him so much FaceTime in season two? I'm season sure they one. did, but I think they they, they need to balance it. They didn't balance it. They went yeah. too far the other direction where. Mike just kind of sits and looks at Will throughout all of season two, and then season two ends. Well, think of this. Like, like, let me throw this at you. Do you think um, – Caught it. Because my big, my big issue is like with season two and what's mainly stopping it is is kind of what episode seven kind of represents. Mm. And like – It's a very big buildup for the next season. Yeah. Building up for the next season or next two seasons or whatever they do. Um, do you think it would have been in, more interesting if like somehow they incorporated – uh, him into the episode, Who? episode seven, since it's more related to eleven. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Yeah, it would have been cool. Yeah, they just had a maybe whole episode he of each other. helped or he had an influence in bringing her back to Hawkins. Yeah, or something yeah. along those lines. Besides as opposed her to just, or just having eight yeah. be part of the final act. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. Yeah, I wanted that. I wanted to see some of that because it's like you introduce this really cool character that I'm thinking, oh, this is really cool. Like, what if instead of getting the van, she was like, no, I'm going to go with my sister. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think a big part, I don't know, we're in qualm world, but also like what we like better world part of this show. Um, I would say that is probably one of the biggest. And then Steve and eight end up together. What's the biggest problem of <laughs> season two is that it relied so much on season one. It relied so much on the fact that everyone loves season one. And that's why you do like these callbacks, like, you know, the the whole house getting destroyed. Like Mike is the one that kind of has to figure shit out. And like, you know, Dustin's being having having conflict with, you know, everyone that's it's in the resolving group the events from season one. But I feel like they could have done that tighter. Yeah, they could have done it. T- and they then moved on. Yeah. And so. But they sp- I, f- I feel like it spent a little too much time in that. 
you know. Well, I mean, I, I just kind of like draw the same parallel to like Dan Harmon actually draws a parallel of Back to Future 2 is only so good because Back to Future 1 was good. Right. Mm-hmm. If Back to Future 1 was shit, Back to Future we 2 We establish all shit. these amazing characters yeah. and all this stuff. And, and all you got to yeah. do is just play with them. You just want to hang out with them. Yeah, all you yeah. got to do is yeah. play I guess with that, them. I guess that's a good way to play. I want a little more play Yeah. yeah. in season two. Uh, you know how I feel about play too much sometimes. It's how I feel about uh, <laughs> or how I felt about um, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. I was like, I just want to hang out with him. Okay. Give me whatever. And then they made X3 Origins. and Origins. and mm. But he might stab you if you sleep next to him. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> um, but I, I, and I also wish like some more would have happened. Like, And that's the tough thing with, thing with season two. They introduced so many new characters, but they also introduced new aspects of the nether and the under, upside down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you still don't know what the fuck the upside down is. And I don't know if they're going to ever open up to it because then if you know what it is, you're not afraid of it anymore. Well, if there's a limited number of seasons, then maybe they to. can. They can tell more of a story about that and we can have a an origin story. We can we can maybe... We can maybe use Mr. Clark more. Yeah. Yeah. We can... God damn you, Duffer <laughs> Brothers. The uh, featured character. Hashtag bring back Clark. <laughs> fuck bar, bring back Clark. Yeah. Um, um, but like, I don't know. I just feel like once you kind of know a little bit more about it, you start to get more intrigued about it. So, I mean, like, uh, I guess a weird way to bring back Hellboy. In Hellboy 1, they explain who are the Okdu Jihad, which is the tentacle monster from, like, in space that they have to open up a rift into, like, a gateway and it actually open. It could come to our world. And it's like, cool. That's that's all I needed. But, like, you just – Mind Flare. It's a hive mind. That's it. I'm like, oh, but why? It's like it doesn't know where it came from. And right. They and to me, it's almost like a guesstimation because they're like, "Cool, open up this D and D thing." It doesn't even know where it came from. Uh, it's kind of like if like if something happened, a calamity happened on Earth. It's like so. Watching uh, Michael Bay's Armageddon, this is what's happening. It's like how could you take one piece of fiction and kind of explain yeah. what's happening in your reality? Well, I think only because it worked the first time. I yeah. bring that up mainly because I want to try to understand the Duffer Brothers' motivation for the rest of the seasons is mm-hmm. are you concerned about the kids or do you want to explore the nether more? And and is is it underdeveloped, quote unquote, I would say, to a degree, mm. because there's no real plans for it? Or is there? You know, that that that's kind of the big question up in the air is like what where's the series headed? And the only clues we have is eight and the other kids, potential numbers. And it's yeah. like, yeah. I don't know if I love that. Yeah, I feel like they have a lot of plates spinning. So you got all these kids with numbers who have special abilities. That's a good you way got, to put it. You yeah. got the entire Goonie squad there who's like, we have to have relationships with them. Yeah. Cool. Now we have to have new characters. Cool. Now we have to have these adult characters. Cool. Now we have to have these kids who are in high school. One of them doesn't really know what the fuck to do. Cool. Now we have this science group here who's figuring out what the, what's going on in the underworld. Cool. Now we got these like monsters here. We got to bring more monsters in there. Cool. Now we got to figure... It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, There's more stuff that's happening in Hawkins. Cool. It's like... Wow! And now, now the entire decide side that they should just move away from Hawkins uh, after the first season. When shit gets, it's kind of like in uh, Jurassic Park or the Aliens movies. You would think that at one point they would just learn. Maybe I shouldn't play with dinosaurs. Oh, what's maybe we shouldn't alien? answer that distress call. Oh yeah, the, maybe not on an island call. where we can't pull in the military when we need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's not do that. Yeah. Um, kind of like also when. People should probably move out of Gotham City. Yeah, yeah but they, probably. But they just <laughs> right. no after the first major reason. villain attack, yeah. I'd be like, maybe we go to Jersey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we did. I think we covered a lot. I, yeah. I, 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 I want to ask: Did anyone watch Beyond Stranger Things? I started it. I didn't no. watch it. No. Oh God. I want to. It's would my, you recommend it's it? On my list. I, I would recommend. It. I think it's just kind of cool because for me, I, I love watching like 
late night talk shows like with Jimmy Fallon or like Jimmy Kimmel and they talk with the actors because yeah. my big thing is like I always want to see where the actors are coming from and where they're going with it and you know something that you'll you'll hear maybe sometimes in the future if you watch more TV shows character bibles mm-hmm. you hear more about how yeah. characters like have a whole backstory and what their yeah. ideas and what their intentions are it informs the writing mm-hmm. yeah. and it also allows the character the actors to take some liberties when they kind of like see like oh I think this character would have done this right. and some directors or some creators even make music playlists for them um, so I think that's pretty cool like you get, you get a little bit more of that and then they ask like hey well like there was a cool hypothetical question that the host of the show asked. Like, so they asked the characters who play or the actors that play Nancy and Jonathan's like, what if Steve was there in that bunker with you? What would have happened? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, well probably those same events would have happened, but it just would have been behind Steve's back or something like that. So yeah. it's cool when you ask those questions in those places. And plus you get kind of like a cool idea of how those kids are growing up and what they're looking at them. Um, you kind of learn where, uh, Dustin got the from. Yeah. And yeah. So oh, it's really Love good. That. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'd, re- I'd definitely recommend. And that Farrah Fawcett spray. Mm. 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 Uh, but yeah, let us know what uh, what your favorite moments were from season one, season two, who your favorite characters are. Um, do we do any ratings for TV shows or not? No, nah, we're not going to do any ratings for no. TV shows. Nah, nah. Uh, but uh, yeah if you want to let us know uh, about where uh, what your favorite stuff was, Josh, where can they find all that information at? You can find us on Instagram. Nerd on the podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Nerd on the Pod. People are reaching out to us. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on shout Facebook. Shout out to them. Yes. Shout out to all those all peeps. All of you. All of them. Uh, find, find us on Facebook, Nerd on the Podcast. Uh, YouTube, like we always say, we're not big boys yet. <laughs> so you got to search Nerd on the Podcast. But if you forget all of that, go to nerdonthepodcast.com and uh, get your T-shirt. It's oh, only yeah. On, it's only yeah. going to be on sale for another week. Yep, yep, so, yep. yeah. Get it. Get T-shirts, that swag. Hoodies, hoodies. Ooh, but if yeah. you can't afford it, just donate to the website. Yeah. 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 Whatever you want. Yeah. That works too. Josh, where can they find you specifically? They can find me on Instagram, Joshua S. Manley. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, just Josh and you. You can find me on Facebook, Joshua S. Manley or something, IMDb, Joshua Sterling. <laughs> Jeez, there's so many things. Uh, All the PSN, media, I... which people are actually starting to reach out to me on. There you go. That's cool. Uh, PSN, Sterling J85. Let's play. Nice. It'll be fun. Yeah. What about you, Tom? Tom? Uh, they could find me in my room watching Netflix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, find me at Tall Dark Not Ugly on everything on everything. Uh, Twitter, Snapchat, you Instagram. Uh, YouTube is Thomas Borsud. Vimeo is Thomas Borsud. IMDb is Thomas Borsud. Facebook, if you want to do that, it's not, it's pretty boring. Um, but you could also find some of the stuff I work with, uh, with my friends up in Sacramento as the Capus Crusaders, the Capus Crusaders podcast. Um, I also work with Corey and where can they find you? Uh, they can find all of the stuff that Tom and I work together on at we are storyboard B O R E D. That's we are storyboard.com or at we are storyboard on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Corey 89 or on blizzard. I realized I've never been giving out the number, the number. after my blizzard name. Yeah. So it's uh, Corthan, and the number after it is 1869. 1929. Don't listen to Tom. Uh, So find me. Let's play some Blizzard games here this storm. Wow, whatever you want. I'll leave it with you. Uh, I'm Ali, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at FutureFoe. Find me on YouTube
11785. Wow. I've had to say that a few times. So. It's not a hashtag. It's not a hashtag. <laughs> hashtag before hashtag. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for letting us uh, analyze, break down, and appreciate Stranger Things this week. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry yeah. that I was the grandpa. This it's going to happen all of us at one point or another, Josh. Thanks Let's for taking totally me. Give me that crown yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, give it back to Tom. <laughs> but everybody at home, thank you for listening. And as always, Nerd On! Ending broadcast.